0: Hey everyone! Welcome to another edition of the Thinking Christian Podcast. This is the Thinking Christian Podcast. I am your host, Dane Kramer. Welcome! Thanks for joining me today. If you'd like to know more about me or the Thinking Christian, the Thinking Christian Podcast, just go to thethinkingchristian.us, all one word, and there you'll find my website. You'll find resources. Um, you can find previous podcasts there to, to check out. Uh, also, if you'd like to contact me, there's a way to do that through my website. Send me an email. Let me know uh, you're listening, and that would be really cool. Uh, I've gotten some responses from listeners. Um, in fact, I'll give a shout-out to a couple of regular listeners. Uh, let me see. There's Becky in South Carolina. Hey, Becky. Uh, of course, there's Martha in Fairfield, Ohio. Martha listens to every episode. Boy, I'm now, now I'm in trouble because I'm going to forget some people. Uh, Sam As a regular listener Uh, And of course there are my uh, 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 Shenandoah Backcountry Guys uh, Who who check in all the time Uh, Mr. Lowry, he's out there listening Justy's listening And I think uh, Jeff uh, He uh He's shamefully behind in listening to these podcasts, but uh, he likes to tune in and listen. And again, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm probably forgetting some other names. Uh, forgive me if I am. Just thought I'd give a shout-out to some of the people who uh, have checked in and let me know that they're listening. And that's cool. So let me know you're listening if you if you like these episodes. And uh, I'll, I'll give a shout-out to you. Hey, and actually, if you'd like to sponsor an episode, I'll give you that opportunity. I think the cost per month of this episode uh, of the Thinking Christian podcast is around $2.50. So if you'd like to sponsor a whole month, (laughs) you can send me a check for $2.50 and I will name you every episode for a whole month. Or you could just sponsor one episode for, let us see, around $0.62. You can send me $0.62 and I'll name you as my sponsor for a whole episode. Wouldn't that be great? All right, let's, uh, let's get started in today's uh, podcast. Today I want to ask the question and address the question, Could Hitler have been converted on his deathbed? Really, um, the, the whole idea is, is just about deathbed conversions and, and that kind of um, scenario. I want to I address that today. Yeah, so could Hitler be converted on his deathbed? You know, we throw Hitler into any conversation. We need an extreme kind of an example. Of course, Hitler is the embodiment of evil. Uh, You know, he's the uh, the symbol of of all time evil, and and in fact, he really was an evil evil person. Uh, and I guess the idea of Hitler can be saved on his deathbed, anybody can be. And so that's why we would talk about Hitler. But let me throw in a few things first to kind of set the stage and maybe uh, stage the dilemma so that you understand it. And especially if you're a non-Christian and you're kind of wondering what this is all about, let me explain that to you. Because I do want to take in consideration that we, have may, we may have non-believers listening to this podcast. So uh, let me describe to you what we're talking about. Uh, Christians believe that we, as people, you and I, are more than just the sum of our body parts. That we that that there is that there is a part of us that's not just physical. That there is a part of us that isn't physical. That there's an immaterial part of us. Uh, some might call that our soul. Some might call that our spirit. And I'm not sure what the exact um, you know way to reference it is really, but that's that's good enough for me. But um, you know, I mean, and I think this is intuitive. I think everybody understands this, even if you're a non-believer. I think we all understand that that there is something to us that goes beyond just our, our physical bodies. So that if we had our arms and legs hacked off in a horrible accident, that we would still be us. Uh, you know, if we take a part of our body away, we still are. We still are us. We still are us. We still is us. I don't know. But you know, that we are still who we are. Um, that uh, that there's this immaterial part of us that exists, I- even if it's not connected to the body. And I guess that's where the problem begins. That after death, after our bodies died, what happens to this immaterial part of us, uh, this this soul, or this spirit, this this essence of who we are? Well, Christians believe that if we're connected to God, that when we when our bodies die, that we would go to be with. Jesus who is in heaven so we would go to heaven to be with Jesus not physically because our bodies are still here but but spiritually or, or our souls or whoever whatever this can best be described that we go to be with Jesus and those who are not connected to Jesus those who do not have a relationship with God um, will just say that they would go to uh, perhaps another place that uh, a less desirable uh, place than heaven so how do we get connected with Jesus well Faith is the way we are connected to God. matter of fact, oftentimes I'll hear preachers talk about this and I disagree with some of them sometimes. They'll suggest that in Old Testament times, the way to get saved was to make animal sacrifices and to keep the law and that saved you. I don't believe that's the case. I believe the Bible teaches something different. I believe that always faith has saved us. If you read Hebrews chapter 11 you'll find that all of these people from the Old Testament Testament era were saved because of their faith. They believed God, and because they placed their faith in God, God saved them. Now, of course, they... They uh, evidenced that salvation differently than we might. Uh, they kept the law. They made sacrifices in the Old Testament, and that's how they—that's how they exercised their faith in God. Uh, those requirements no longer exist, but there are other requirements. And those of us in the New Testament era, those of us who, who come along after Jesus' sacrificial death, we still are saved by our faith, I believe. I believe, but we—we um, show that a different way. Uh, I believe that we show that by loving, by loving the people around us, uh, even loving our enemies. And this is a way that we show that we are saved. We are saved by faith. And so I think that the whole Bible, all of humankind, all of history, I should say, um, has been saved in the same way. And that is by putting our faith in God. And so that upon death, for example, that immaterial part of us, uh, those of us who are saved by faith goes to be with God, goes to heaven. And this gives rise to the question, well then, can someone on their deathbed, maybe hours or even minutes before their death, can they call out on God? Can they place their faith in God? And even though they lived horrible lives like a Hitler, could they still be saved? What it answer that question i think we have to explore a little bit about what's what salvation really is now i said it was we're saved by faith but how does that come about how in fact are we saved you know here in america uh, or america uh, i think we've kind of westernized christianity you know in a certain way which is not hmm, which is not correct uh, maybe uh, you know, if you turn on the TV and you watch a tel- television evangelist, he'll say something like, Now bow your head and, and repeat this prayer after me. And by uttering some sinner's prayer, uh, we we have this notion that we're saved, that if we simply say the right words, that we can kind of cash in our chips right before we die and we get the ticket to heaven and all is good. And unfortunately, We've come to kind of believe that I think um, and, and I believe that's that's wrong that's not the correct way because faith might not be active when we say certain words. So if we recite a sinner's prayer for example, maybe that faith is not there and so it's the faith that save us, saves us, not the prayer, not the words. it's not like a, a magic formula or some sort of incantation that you utter that gets us saved. What gets us saved is our faith. Now I believe that it's possible for a person to be saved on their deathbed. It is possible for a person to uh, come to God and be saved and I believe that is right before they die and I believe it is possible because we actually have an example of this happening. In Luke chapter 23 Uh, It was at Jesus' crucifixion. We have a very unique example of salvation occurring, I believe, here. Um, It's often called the thief on the cross. Um, On the day that Jesus was crucified, Rome decided to um, also execute two other uh, criminals that they had uh, that uh, apparently were worthy of execution. They had committed some sort of capital offense. We know that they were robbers. I think, and also insurrectionists, and so uh, Rome was going to... uh, Rome was content to uh, crucify these three people together, Jesus and these two other people, and so they were taken outside of Jerusalem and there they were nailed to wood and hung up uh, to die. Now it's interesting, it seems, if you kind of compare the gospel stories together, that initially uh, both thieves began to rail on Jesus, maybe kind of mock him and, you know, saying, hey save yourself and save us and so on and so forth. And that's how it seems like it probably started. But in Luke chapter twenty-three, one of the thieves, one of these other exec- um, the criminals who was being executed, apparently had a change of heart uh, because he um, turned to Jesus. I guess as much as you can turn on a cross, and where at least he directed his words to Jesus. Uh, and after defending Jesus, I mean, the other the other criminal was kind of um, mocking Jesus, and he said, "Hey, leave this guy alone. He hasn't he hasn't done anything wrong. You and I we deserve to die, but this man doesn't." So he turns to Jesus and he said, "Uh, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus' response is, "Uh, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And so I believe that Jesus promised, he guaranteed that man that he would join him in paradise, in heaven, that day after they, they both died. And I'm I'm convinced that that is exactly what occurred to this man. That after he breathed his last, last after he closed his eyes and his heart heart stopped beating and his brain waves stopped <laughs> emitting waves or whatever, that he was in the presence of Jesus. He was in the presence of, of God. Um, so that's what I. Uh, so we have this sort of deathbed conversion going on right there in the scriptures. Now, what's interesting, of course, is that the man couldn't do any good works to be saved. I mean he could, he couldn't evidence to Jesus that he was saved. I mean he he couldn't go to Sunday school. He couldn't read the Bible. He couldn't love anyone. I mean for goodness sake his, his his hands were literally nailed to wood. He he couldn't move. He couldn't get baptized, even. He he could do nothing but hang there and die. And yet Jesus when he heard the man's plea guaranteed him his uh, salvation now I think Jesus can do that because he's Jesus and he can discern real faith from fake faith or from no faith in fact he did this frequently throughout his ministry he would uh, he would remark oh I've, I haven't seen this greater faith in all of Israel or uh, he, he commended someone of, of having great faith and he, he did this frequently when he encountered people like that and there are other times um, Like in Mark chapter 6, where Jesus was just restricted. I mean, he couldn't do miracles because people didn't believe. They, They didn't have faith. And so Jesus, because he's Jesus, can discern whether a person has faith or does not have faith. Even if they are unable to do any works to show their faith. I think that works that follow faith are there so that we might see that something has changed within us, or that the the body of Christ around us, the church, the the other people who love God might see through our works that we also love God. But I don't believe God needs to see our works to guarantee. I think he knows um, our faith. He knows if we have true faith, um, and he knows whether we are genuinely trusting him. In this case of Luke chapter 23, where the thief on the cross is dying and he called out to Jesus, I believe that Jesus was able to determine that this man was faithful. That he, that he literally and really was trusting him for his salvation. And as a result, Jesus offered him salvation. So, I believe it's entirely possible for a person who is on their deathbed, who is breathing their final breaths to cry out to God and be saved. Yeah, we have uh, an example, as I've just pointed out, that this can be the case. However, I'm not so certain that it's always the case that every time someone calls out to God on their deathbed that they would be saved. Because if faith is not part of that equation, then I can't see how that person would be faith saved. For example, if someone were dying and they had watched some television evangelist, and they thought, you know what, it's time for me to go ahead and just get this salvation thing in order, because I'm going to be dying in a few hours or days or whatever the case may be. I'm going to go ahead and get saved so that when I die, I will go to heaven. Um, and they utter this prayer, they they repeat this thing, even though they're on their deathbed and they're seemingly saying the right words, I believe that in some cases it's possible that God will not save them, because the faith is not genuine. And again, God is able to discern that. I'm not. I, I can't. I can't discern that. And I don't believe most people can discern whether a person is calling out in faith or not. Now, I've heard stories, and I can't verify whether these stories are true or not, um, but I've heard accounts of, or people talking about accounts where someone is going to come to God in their later years. They'll say, well, I'm going to live my own life in my younger years. I'll do what I want to do. I'll live the way I want to live. And then later, later on, when I'm older, when I'm settled down, when I've sown all my wild oats, then I'll come to God and then I'll, you know, be His. The problem with that is, first of all, we don't know when we might die. We might die very suddenly uh, without any opportunity to prepare for that death. But more so than that is the fact that if we live a life of rebellion to God, and and that's exactly what those early years would be, if we're not giving God ourselves, then we are in rebellion to God. So if we're living in rebellion to God for years, I believe the danger of 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 having our hearts hardened toward God is very real that we might be so hardened to God because we've lived in rebellion to Him that in the later stages of our life, the, the time when we're planning on giving our lives to Him, there may not be a desire. There may not be any faith present. We may not be able to generate faith for having lived in rebellion to God. And so, I don't believe that's a very, very good plan for anybody to follow. And now kind of the, the question at hand, you know, could Hitler be saved on his deathbed? I think this, well, first of all, I, I think we've answered that anybody, you know, anybody can be saved if they have genuine faith. And I suppose a person like Hitler, if he genuinely saved, he would certainly stand a chance. And someone would say then, well, yeah, but wait a second, a person like Hitler was evil, lived all his life, just a very evil man. And, and is God capable of forgiving all of that simply because we turn to him? And I'm very happy to answer that question because um, I believe it makes God very happy to give grace and forgiveness. And so my, my answer is yes, I believe very much that God is quite anxious to show his mercy. He's quite anxious to show his loving kindness. He's quite anxious to show how much he can forgive so that any person Any person, no matter the depth of of sin that they've fallen into, no matter how much they've become entangled with darkness and evil in our world, no matter how much pain they may have caused other people, even a person as terrible as Hitler, I believe that God is capable of offering forgiveness and bringing them into His presence, should they call out to Him in faith. The bottom line for me, as I understand scripture, is that faith must always be present. Those of us who lean upon God have faith. Those of us who trust Him and not ourselves have faith. Those of us who rest in His arms and not in our own devices are the ones that have faith. And faith is what God seeks to honor by saving us. So the question is, do you have faith, a saving kind of faith, that you might trust in God? I'll leave it at that. If you care to answer that question, uh, send me an email. Contact me and let me know uh, if indeed you uh, would like to know more, or maybe you have an answer to that. I'd really love to hear from you on this one. Alright, this is Dane Kramer from the Thinking Christian Podcast, and I'm signing out now. See you next time.